Good evening, good afternoon, good morning, and welcome. Willkommen aus das drunkene transfer transfer podcast. That was like the Truman Show on crack. <laughs> <laughs> That's always what we've aimed for with the drunken transfer podcast. You join us for episode 11. As is tradition, I must introduce... My co-host, who is actually here this week, Finnegus Stockton. Hello! There he is. It's me, and it's a very happy me, because I've had a decent <sighs> game week, and um, we are, uh, it's a little bit like Groundhog Day, because um, as with about, I think it was game week three or game week four, I have a 30-point lead on you. Again. Again. Can't wait to see how you squander I can't wait time. to see how you squander <laughs> <laughs> Whenever you draw attention to you being ahead of me. It, it never seems to last, but no. I think this time it's different because in the context of our mini-league, you said that I was on for an average week, but that average week was still came to about 69 points in the end. Nice. But, <laughs> but you and Brother Finn, you both killed it, and well, mainly in part to owning James Madison whilst I own no James Madison. You say we killed it. We did very well, I think. You got um, 98 points. I, I did. 94 with the four-point hit. Oh, okay. um, but no, you're right. It, it, getting a 90-point is great. It is tempered. Um, I, I do want to temper that slightly by saying that uh, I think 54% of the game got a 46-pointer from Erling Haaland. So, um, you know, 50 points for the rest of the team is still very, very, mm. very good. It is a sort of the equivalent of getting a, a, a 70-pointer. Yeah, like, I, I got the equivalent of about a 20-pointer. Well, <laughs> yeah. But this Genuinely. is all, also because the other midfielders that have been quite popular Foden Bowen mm. Trossard Madison also all got spectacular point scores mm. you know, even De Bruyne got an 8 you know Salah got a 5 like no one really no big asset really scored particularly badly Kane got a 6 so like I, I did very well but the, the, the higher the upper echelon being 150 points I mean I, my, I think my game week rank was, was 430 odd thousand yeah, which as is, opposed which, to me which is a 5 million yeah which is exactly so I, I yeah I had a very decent game week um, what ranking, very happy yeah. with it. I and I am now. Um, do you remember when I said it was like Groundhog Day? Yeah. I'm at 59k Oof. again. So uh, add a add a zero to that, and I, we're yeah, at I similar ranks because I'm about 500. Yeah, 550. Yeah. I think. One Meanwhile, Brother Finn, the um, the completing our mini league triumvirate, mm. um, well, he doesn't get a mention very often. So hello, Brother Finn. Hi Finn. Um, he is. I've, I looked at his game week history before we hit record. He's uh, he's only had one red arrow this entire season. He's he's inching on me. He's been doing well. And I think, um, the of course, the transfer that Finn and I both made, which was the real game week winner, um, prior to the Monday night fixture, which for us, between me and you, Jake, you were at 73 points, I was at 72, not accounting for the four-point hit. Um, and then, of course, I was going into yesterday thinking, well, I, I hope Madison gets himself a haul. Mm. And it's strange, really, because I think I had a dream about it. This is how much I care about fantasy football. How sad! a sad little life I had a dream that he scored a free kick yeah. um, and he, that, of course that was his second goal so yeah the, the, the 18 pointer from Madison and he was spectacular by the way but, but, uh, but here's the thing he really was spectacular week. in terms of his points all getting a tidy 18 pointer which is astonishing yeah. two goals and an assist but you know what we were saying last week about how by Madison's usual standards I mean he's, he's a quality player He's not having a statistically brilliant season because if you look at his XG and, and expected assists, scores, numbers, yeah, but digits. What, what? Well, no, here's the thing, right? Because it just goes to show the stats lie. If you look at his game week nine stats, he got two goals from an XG of 0.2. Mm -hmm. He got one assist from an X 
a of 0.5. Yeah. He didn't have a single shot in the box and all of his contributions came without Leicester creating a single big chance in the match. So it, it it's he for me Madison is an eye test player. I know we're going to do Tanya Rank in a bit, but he's my sort of like runner up Tanya Rank, not the actual Tanya Rank. Yeah. This is one that missed the cut. I've just I think I was so burnt by Ward in goal starting the season that I've just had a Leicester-shaped blind spot on yeah. my watch list all season. I've not considered any so of that. Had you, really, had you really not considered Madison? Because for me, I, he was an absolute well, no-brainer. Because no, to go back to what we were just talking about, I wasn't. I thought to myself, well, it's a blip. He's he's in a hot streak of form. But yeah, I mean, I, I really, really regret in that. And you know, the, by all accounts, this was set up to be a pretty dour podcast for, for for my 50% other than the fact that you've gone very upmarket with our booze of choice this week and it's an amaretto and coke yes that's really amaretto nice. and coke amaretto that you bought me for my birthday happy birthday <laughs> thanks man welcome to the quarter of a century <laughs> club it's shit here Shall we do actual tank your own then? Yeah, let, let, let's do it. I'll, we've heard your silver medal. I want to hear who, gold is, who is your gold medal. Uh, someone who was even an, an even bigger plum, a, a prize-winning large plum this week, <laughs> was uh, our dear old friend Rio Ferdinand. Did you know, by the way, 7,000 United fans triple captained early on? I did see week. that stat, yeah. That's sickening. That's well, sickening uh, levels of what go, It goes back to my tank your rank last week, because I, I did say he was he was it was inevitable that he was going to go get a couple of goals, and he, he got a hat yeah, so. Somebody that didn't triple captain or regular captain Holland was <laughs> Rio Ferdinand. <laughs> who um, was bold enough, he did a little Twitter video saying, oh, you know, here are my fancy plans for the week. Bizarrely, even though I mentioned that he might have been a potential captain, uh, he captained uh, Alexander Mitrovic. Oh, no, he didn't captain he did, Mitro. who got a, a grand total of a big fat goose egg. He got zero points, double to a grand total of zero points. Uh, completely missing the 48-point Erling Haaland bandwagon. Yeah. Was it 48, 46? 46, 46, yeah, 46. Yeah, so um, that's a huge swing. For, for a starter, if you're Rio, you have to put your footballing bias aside. Um, it just it just seemed crazy to me that people were talking about us, us going in and, and, and doing a number on them because, yes, I know that we've got some all right results on them historically, but they've been so red-hot this season. Um, and w- when it was announced that we weren't playing Casemiro, um, it, I mean, you know, it just felt inevitable. I think that Ten Hag's um, mentality behind picking players that win means that the, the, the next week's lineup is going to change because I think the reason why he, he, he stuck and maintained faith with that McTominay, Eriksson, Fernandes, uh, you know, uh, trio midfield is because we won the last four games. We beat in Arsenal, we beat in Liverpool. Um, and I do understand that to a certain extent, but I think it was a little bit of tactical naivety uh, not to change things up. <laughs> talking last week um, on the pod about how conflicted you were about the changes you were going to do mm. I think you settled on uh, the night before not yeah. doing anything yeah. and you were going to um, you know basically just roll a transfer and keep going and you decided very last minute to take that minus four hit which is, you've mentioned uh, didn't come off sadly um, you went Guaita and Tony for Pope and I transferred out Alexander Isak he got me a nine pointer, and then I shipped out. And uh, and Nick Pope, it was like a oh, you really did get rid of the Newcastle. I know fans. it was like a Newcastle cull. It was a Newcastle, 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 Newcastle United. <laughs> um, yeah, I got out two of my three Newcastle lads because yeah. obviously Trippier survived the cull. 
But uh, in their place came Ivan Tony, yeah. who was the reason for the hit. Because the night before, after saying to you that I was going to roll the transfer, in the end, I wound myself up in my own head and thought, I can't go without Tony because, you know, he was such a popular transfer in this week. <laughs> so I was led by the herd against Bournemouth. I know it was a stodgy old nil-nil game, mm. game wasn't it? Um, Tony and then, had a glorious chance to win it as I well. know, I know, don't remind me. <laughs> but uh, it wouldn't have made much difference to me. I mean, the the man who replaced Pope in goal, I wasn't expecting to make a goalkeeping change so early after my wild card, especially on a hit. Mm. Um, Guaita for Palace. Obviously, Palace's defence up until now has been terrible, but that's mainly on account of the fixtures they've had. In terms of the fixtures they've got coming up, they've, they're they lovely. I mean, it's it's green, green as far as I can see. They're playing Leeds this week in game week 10. Then Leicester, Wolves, Everton, Southampton, West Ham, Forest. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's it, it, for me, Guaita was the 4.5 keeper of choice to have moving forward. And I'd literally just brought him in for budgetary reasons because I needed, I said to you last week, I couldn't do the straight swap from Isak to Tony. Needed to generate funds from somewhere. Yeah. Didn't want to bin off Cancelo, even though he's got the blank coming up, I think, in game with 12 soon. But um, yeah, so it's been a tale of two hits this season for me so far because I took a hit, my first hit a few weeks ago, which paid for itself because I got 20 points combined from bringing in Trippier and Trossard. He ended up on a bloody hat-trick this week. And you got rid of Trossard not last week, but the week before. Got rid of Trossard on my wild card because he was one of the ones that had a blank. Yes, makes sense. And um, wish I'd never got rid of him now. Yeah. Um, But as opposed to that hit, which got me 20 points, this time round, I only got a combined two points for Guaita and and Tony. So it just, it did not come off. No. It instantly put me at a disadvantage. But the real player I should have, not missed out on this week was of course Madison yeah. hindsight being 2020 but I was so so convinced that I needed Tony that I I shot myself in the foot to get him in in terms of options up front we also flirted with the idea of bringing in Patson Dacca didn't we who was well, a rather spice <laughs> for last week yeah. who ended up getting in on on the, he got on the yeah yeah and very yeah. well as well did you see his goal it was, it was a little backflip class so yeah. you know not not a bad shout that for well me. I know and it was funny really because both our old spice picks um, were substitutes um, unfortunately that Dakar one came off but yes so in terms of the rest of your team uh, Trippier seven pointer uh, came off for you uh, you also had uh, two of the Tottenham assets from the Arsenal game Son and Perisic I yep. think there was a two pointer or a one pointer there um, uh, Martinelli who got you four points I actually benched Martinelli again um, for the second time in three weeks um, and so I had a four point and he returned again and he did yeah and that, that was the only minor mistake that I made this week really which is if I'd have played Martinelli over a Trent or a James or a Cancelo uh, who realistically I probably I probably wasn't going to drop them or even a Harrison I would have gained an extra point then then I would have had a, a, a tiny bit more but you know even then it feels like it, it it wasn't a particularly big mistake especially as he went and got that yellow card mm. as well um, so yeah it was it was you, you, but then of course you have the De Bruyne eight pointer who, who I was really worried about um, and had it not been for Martial's late brace would have had an, a bonus point entry as well he's still ticking along alright Kevin De Bruyne I mean as far as premiums in the midfield go you can't say much more than 7 points 10 points 8 points in his last 3 mm-hmm. game weeks but yeah was a little disappointing he did, didn't do a bit more he obviously got subbed off in, in that game against United but it made sense not to risk him if you're Pep Guardiola yeah, yeah I think so put to bed or so he thought until you in it completely I mean I think your, your City triumvirate of Cancelo De Bruyne and Haaland looks really tasty against Southampton who, who, who was struggling a well, bit well it's interesting because I saw Holly Shand I know we're going to talk about transfer plans later I saw Holly Shand on Twitter 
arguing the case for off the back of Phil Foden's eye-catching performance yeah. against United. Another player who got a hat-trick this week. There was so many of them. Yeah. Um, she was toying with the idea of binning off Cancelo for a third City attacker. As I've always said to you, City attackers are always enticing. It's just who starts on any given game week, isn't it? Completely. But, I mean, and Foden, Foden is starting that, mostly in the Premier League. Foden can keep on nailing down that spot. He looks he looks great. He's at eight points on the Yeah. And um, yeah, so I think the difference really was in the end. Diaz, my four-pointer I got with Diaz, who also started on the bench but came off and, and supplied uh, Firmino with his, his second goal. Um, that sort of was, you know, similar with the Martinelli thing. Um, Jesus, of course, got me an eight-pointer, which I think did a lot of damage to you in the same way that De Bruyne's eight-pointer did a lot of damage to me, but kind of equalises um, one another in the same way that Mitrovic got a zero-pointer. Well, you know, Alexander Rana got a zero-pointer for me. So I think that the, the difference makers really this week were those Leicester assets because I finished uh, I think I, I finished the week 25 points ahead of you mm. and 24 of those points yeah. were from Warden and Madison yeah. Killer I mean on side note having started the season with Gabriel Jesus I wince every time I see a goal yeah. going from him because you know when we're looking at our live game week on a livefpl.com <laughs> um they identify players who are the biggest threat to your rank by a little skull icon. Yeah. And my number one skull this week on Live FPL was, of course, Gabriel Jesus, who's still so highly owned. But as a non-owner now, it, there's this real inevitability that he's always going to score and it's, it always, always results in red, red arrows. Yeah, me, so. I feel the same with De Bruyne. I really do. Um, let's go for the three o'clock kickoffs on the Saturday, shall we? Um, and start off by talking a little bit about Bournemouth versus Leicester. Mm. Now, Leicester obviously have come off the back of that 4-0 win at home to Nottingham Forest. Um, they were the two teams at the bottom of the league. They're still the two teams at the bottom of the league, despite mm. the fact that Leicester got that win because it was their first of the season. I want to know if you are considering now Madison, Barnes, Dakar. Is, are they, are they, are they firmly in your thoughts now? For the yeah, Madison race? certainly. Yeah. Um, but, and this might just be stubbornness, yeah. I don't think I'll bring him in this week. Really? Yeah. Away to Bournemouth? Yeah. After I, he's uh, come and done that to Forest? Well, no, but you look at... I mean, Bournemouth are keeping clean sheets. Mm. Which is something that... You are right. If you look at our pre-season predictions... Yeah. Well, you remember you were absolutely ridiculing me for, for Forest going down. And, you know, that was before <laughs> they went and signed about 40 players. Yeah. But, so, w- with Bournemouth, I mean, by Scott Parker, remember him. <laughs> Scott Parker by his own admission, said, right, our defence is worse than it was in the Championship. And I know they've made signings since, but they are picking up clean sheets and they are tough old nuts. They're picking up points. Yeah, they are. And per se, you know. I still don't expect Leicester to fully kick on. I, I, I disagree to the extent when we talk about clean sheets here. Leicester's attack does look really good. Mm. And the, that's the funny thing. We heard in that James Madison interview after the Forest game that he said it's strange really because the team has been struggling. But I feel like I'm as confident as I've ever as I've ever been yeah. and I think what with Barnes coming back from a bit of an injury uh, and looking so good and scoring such a fabulous goal uh, I think the only aspect of Leicester's attack where they're currently a, a little bit blunt is in that that main striking spot and you know Jay, with Jamie Vardy but I think Dakar is a good substitute so I think with this Bournemouth-Leicester game looking at it coming up I think it will move towards the same vein that Leicester have been in mm. when it will be more higher scoring, but they may leak a couple of goals to Bournemouth. I can kind of see history repeating itself when it comes to me being a stubborn manager. Mm-hmm. In that, do you remember when Ilkay Gundogan was in such a rich vein of goal scoring form for City a couple of seasons back? Yeah. <laughs> and no matter how well he was doing, I was like, well, I'm not bringing him in, I'm not bringing him in, by which time it was too late. I'm kind of repeating the same mistake with Madison now, but I just kind of have to trust my own transfer 
plan, which is running in parallel to getting in Mata. At some point, I do fully expect to downgrade Hyungmin Son to to the likes of an eight million at light Madison. Yeah. But then equally in that bracket, I mean, we said we mentioned about Phil Foden earlier, and like, it's not necessarily a given with Madison. I am looking at him in the same way as like Gabriel Jesus and whatever, and like I'm I'm wincing every time he plays and I don't own him. But I don't know. I just I still expect him to revert I to the mean eventually. My personal advice to you is you need to start getting in some of those wince players because I have to be honest right now. Looking at your team, and this could come back to really fucking bite me if they go and do like some brilliant stuff next week. I'm I don't have so many of that players with your lot right now because I'm without Mitrovic I'm without De Bruyne and I think De Bruyne is one that is probably the one where I go oh fuck but Son I, I, I'm not I'm not too overly worried about Perisic I'm not too overly worried about I so think you should go Madison like I really okay. do and again it when we get into this situation don't we where it's like are you just chasing points if you are consistently behind the curve and getting in the likes of you know your goal scorers like Madison and whatnot like week upon week and there's a new like asset that emerges in the meantime it's about you know, preempting it, and that's something that you are quite good at doing. No, you know, that. but yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm it's probably the only time we're ever going to look at Bournemouth Leicester with any sense of intrigue on this podcast. Yeah, completely. I mean, Just, you know, because I, I, I am likely to play Danny Ward again because, yeah. you know, Robert Sanchez is against is against Spurs and I, I don't think I will get a second clean How sheet. How are you but... feeling with the whole two playing keepers? Situation? Fine. It's been fine for me so far. Ward hasn't got any clean sheets apart from the time, the one game that I brought him in and he has. So like it's it's Jamie get no well <laughs> Jamie or good strategy Joey on to Chelsea Wolves yeah let's do it actually I'm interested by Chelsea Wolves um, Wolves especially of course because Bruno Lager has been sacked mm. as of yesterday he's being replaced with uh, Danny Pilsner Danny Pilsner <laughs> <laughs> I think the thing is looking at this game from my perspective um, I have not been particularly comfortable on the Chelsea defensive asset that I've had in my team in Rhys James so far and keeping a clean sheet I've been hoping that he'll do stuff in an attacking vein um, this week more comfortable and um, uh, quietly hopeful because Wolves have been so blunt um, they've only in, scored three goals incredible season. I mean incredible I mean it would be a story if Diego Costa were to go score yeah. that's the only well, thing I'll say yeah, and it's a headline waiting to be written but I mean, we always seem to say it with Wolves in previous years that they are blunt. Yeah, they are blunt. They, they are, and um, they don't know what their best attacking um, lineup is. No, in terms of the personnel they've got, you expect them to be doing a bit better. Yeah, but uh, and it would, you know, they've been dragged into relegation scrap early doors, and they shouldn't be anywhere near that, especially with the caliber of player that they've signed. Yeah. So on the subject of just how it, flaccid they are up top. That's directly playing into my transfer plans for this week. Interesting. I, I thought that you would switch towards a Chelsea defender. I th so Rhys James is high yeah. on the list of games. I've got the, the money to do the direct swap. From, from Perisic one, to James, yeah, which so, is what you were saying last week was yeah, potential. And, yeah. um, and, you know, in terms of us talking about players that make us wince, Rhys James is still one of those. For me. Yeah, I, I, for me, I would probably still be wincing at Madison more, but I do get that rationale. Um, I, I, I back James at some point over the next five to just get his trademark goal contribution and a clean sheet yeah. and then all of a sudden you're looking at three bonus points and a 15 pointer quite right so. um, in terms of aged strikers going back to the Diego Costa stuff um, should we talk a little bit about Aubameyang because he yes. had his Chelsea Premier League debut scored um, potential to look at do you think in the future I, I fully expect that he will get a smattering of goals you know sprinkled in but yeah, I, mean, I mean I'm pretty set with my front line and you know if you 
it's probably a roll the spice pick, if anything. But well, that's what I was going to say. He's only one point three percent ownership. Uh, he's nine million, which is not cheap. No, but, you're um, in Jamie Vardy territory. Jamie though, Vardy. Um, City Southampton. Yeah. Um, this is where I am scared because I've still got Cancelo and, and Holland for next week, but you obviously have got that De Bruyne one. There's no way City going to stumble here. I might have just doomed them by saying that. There's no way City are going to slip up against the Southampton side. I mean, especially at home, and City's home record is so, so, so good. Yeah, completely. And off the back of putting six past United. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can see this being another three, four, five, six goals. Arsenal are still top of the league, but City are relentless. And I feel like this will be another chance because to, to put daylight, not just mm. between them and teams below, but I mean... Liverpool are already 10 points behind as well. And yeah, could be worse. We'll talk about that fixture in a minute. Yeah, I think you're right. I think City will smack them. Uh, yeah, and as as we've previously touched upon, any City asset here, really. Newcastle-Brentford. Mm. Newcastle still are top four expected goals this season. Yeah. And it's funny, a player that I was contemplating getting in as an ESAC replacement, that wasn't Tony or Dakar, was Callum, Callum Wilson, Wilson yeah. who bagged in... His previous game, and and I, I don't know. I feel like it's going to be the Wilson Tony show this one. And um, I know Brentford have just got the back really? of the ball. Do you really? I'm I'm not I'm concerned about Tony as an asset right now, man. I, I Brentford did not play well against Bournemouth. No, but he's such a, he's such a arrogant bastard is Tony he's such a conflict like, it's, it's almost like a he bad need, result doesn't affect him he needs service though. Yeah, that's the he, issue yeah, and if yeah, he, he hasn't right. got and other players playing well around him no, I think Damsgaard looks okay mm. I think he looks you know because he, he played in that Bournemouth game I, I'm I'm a little concerned about Tony and I, I, spoiler I'm considering and I, I probably will end up playing him but I am considering benching him okay all right. Um, I, you know, Make I, a change I, from benching Martinelli. But... It would, yeah. I'll play Martinelli. <laughs> <laughs> Come back. I, the boy done good. <laughs> equally, I think Trippier was underpriced to start the season. I, Agreed, think, yeah. I think that's yeah. become clear now because you know he, he is valued for an attacking contribution and assist whilst also picking up clean sheets. I mean, he... You know, 7.7.6 points, 8 points, 5.7 points. He's he's reliable and yeah. approaching 50% ownership too. So increasingly one of those players that is is sort of a lingering template pick. Brighton Spurs? Yeah, Brighton Spurs is interesting. And I, I, I get why you're getting Perisic out for it. And um, Spurs, um, they, they looked lacklustre against... Uh, Arsenal and um, it was a deserved victory from Arsenal I think they'll be looking to put that result against uh, behind them against Brighton but Brighton looks so bright and colourful against against yeah. Liverpool I mean Brighton l- really responded to what De Zerbi was trying to do and yeah. it doesn't really look like a total reinvention of what they were doing under Potter but they were really really attacking and Trossard in particular put in the sort of performance that I wanted from him back when I owned him mm. for that one glorious week when he got a <laughs> 12 pointer but uh, yes I regret getting rid of him but at the time it was the right decision to make I, I don't think the, you could have done anything no else, I think really. the majority of Trossard owners from earlier in the season wouldn't still be on him and um, I think the only the only way that you would do that is if you have quite a strong bench yeah. which is what I'm currently blessed by at the moment mm. um, but you, you know you, you, like we have slightly different strategies in that I always have a slightly stronger bench than you do I need and to you think try about and max, maximise the, the, the money the money in the team. 11 well yeah. I mean I might have to take a leaf out of your book because with that blank game week 12 approaching and with me wanting to maintain three city assets 
I was going to ask you what you're going to do with that because at the moment, I, I, your team does not look well equipped. No, for that. I, um, I and... need to do a, a proper rejig. It's probably something I should have thought about on my wild card, but didn't because I'm an idiot. In <laughs> terms of um, Brighton assets, um, shout out to Finn, other Finn, yeah. other Finn. He owns Alexis McAllister, who I know you're a big fan of. I love Alexis McAllister. I think he's such a brilliant creator. And, and you know, he's he's got three double-digit hauls already this season. So mm -hmm. if you're not on Trossard, yeah. there are other really intriguing Brighton picks. I think teams in this mould of having multiple enticing attacking options, you're looking at Brighton because yeah. you can take your pick between Gross, McAllister, Trossard. And then you're also looking at the likes of Leeds, who all of a sudden have got loads and loads of like really intriguing attacking options. Although it did look a little blunt against Aston yeah, Villa, interestingly enough. Could have been because they've had a couple of weeks out. Um, last thing, of course, I want to say about the Brighton Spurs game is that, I, fortunately, I did get my substitutes right because my third sub was Emerson Royale. He got himself a red card. Yeah, so he's now someone I'm having to look at because he's got a three-match suspension. It's good job he got that strong bench, isn't it? Well, it is, but, of course, looking forward to game week 12, I'm, uh, if, I'm, if I'm to maintain three assets from Arsenal City, I'm, I am going to have to get rid of him. The bench golden boy over there all of a sudden starting to sweat. You know, we mentioned, <laughs> we mentioned Leeds assets in comparison to Brighton attacking assets. Yeah. And Leeds... Uh, Leeds Palace, to me, is another really intriguing feature. We, we were talking quite heavily about Palace last week. And, you know, of course, that also boils down to the fact that you've got Guaita in now. Mm. Um, for me, the interest in Palace lies in, in the attacking options. Uh, if you wanted to be really bold, you could do what, again, I know you suggested for a little while now, Jake, and get Eberucci Eze in, um, who I think has looked... He's um, looking to, like he's clicking into form again. He, he, he looks fab, and I think he's a bit unfortunate not to have got any goal contributions in his last um, three games... I think Palace at the moment are striking, struggling for a little bit of clinicality um, and I think that they're probably overly reliant on Zaha mm. um, but moving forward despite the fact that um, Zaha uh, himself uh, hasn't got a return in the past couple of games against Newcastle and Chelsea who are difficult games yeah. um, good defences I think Zaha's someone that you've got to majorly consider really yeah. I mean he, he, he is probably top two or three on my list well, if I get rid of a midfield asset Despite the fact that he didn't get a hat trick like your Trossards, like your Foden's, or you know, get a great attacking return mm. like Bowen, I still think it's a hard one to go for. Leeds, on the other hand, completely awful game apparently against Villa. Like it's scrappy. Yeah, two I mean, teams that don't like each other. I've watched the highlights on it, and um, yeah, I mean they they they, they were ferocious Leeds. I mean they were they were, they were niggling and, and so many different fouls, and uh, you know Sinistero obviously got himself sent off, which wasn't great for your roller spikes. No. Palace Leeds is an interesting one. I think um, I back a score draw here. Yeah. Uh, maybe a one-all. Talking uh, of score draws, that's exactly what I expect to happen in the London derby. That is uh, West Ham Fulham. Yeah, I, I, West Ham Fulham's an interesting one now that West Ham are back to... Well, I say, are they are they back to full strength? They're looking home? okay. They look decent against Wolves, I yeah. thought. I mean, Bowen's another interesting one. In terms, I think still think he's overpriced this year. At 8.1? Yeah, I do. That's what he's at currently, so he's had a massive drop-off. I think I would have... I think if he'd have started at eight and then been downgraded towards the, the mid-seven mark, I'd, I potentially would have thought about getting him in. But yeah, I'm with you. I think the eight is too much for him. It's a little bit harsh to judge Fulham on the Newcastle match because Chalaba got sent off after eight minutes from a challenge that I thought actually was a little bit harsh. Um, and then Mitchell Rich got injured after 30-odd minutes anyway. I hope he's fit. Because, I mean... Well, well, again, you... I'm, in terms I'm, of the Mitrovic curse, like, he was... 
absolutely bagging against my defensive players mm-hmm. right up until the point I got him in for myself. I mean, in in the two games he's played with me, he's got a two-pointer and a zero-pointer. <laughs> and, you know, his two-pointer was in a game when there were three Fulham goals and he didn't get involved for a single one of them. And um, I, I hope he's fit. And I hope I haven't put the, the long-term kibosh on him because it would just be such a classic me thing to do, like owning the right player at the wrong time. But Fulham... How are they eighth in the league, Finn? I, f- I feel I mean, like I might been... have to revise my pre-season prediction at this, right? Yeah, Fulham have been brilliant. Uh, and someone that I would consider starting for this game uh, is, is Andres Pereira. Yeah. Um, he will likely remain on both yours and my bench. Um, but uh, I think that there's a, a real potential for an attacking return against the West Ham defence that still doesn't look brilliant. Pereira is going to be my first sub. Yeah. And he is going to be Mitrovic's replacement if he doesn't quite make that game. Mm-hmm. Because I, I'm... But then will, will the Pereira time. do well if he doesn't have anyone to uh, supply? I know, I know. <laughs> but like Pereira's just doing that Pereira thing where he is sort of my reserve two-pointer. And if, if he gets anything else, then then happy days. Arsenal-Liverpool is probably the first time in a while where I'm predicting an Arsenal win straight off the bat. Because, I mean, Liverpool's defence, it is like this deadly combo of structural deficiencies positional deficiencies and individual errors that have all come together in this perfect cocktail of shite. It looks like a defensive unit that don't really trust themselves. In amongst that chaos, and no attacking assets are doing well like Roberto Firmino. Have you have your Firmino points expired in Roll the Spice yet? Or are they still going? <laughs> well, I was going to talk to you a little bit about that. Uh, oh, they, they, uh, they've expired out as of um, his final game, so he's still got me those 12 points. Oh, you prick. Um, so that was, that, was his, uh, that was his fifth uh, game. So I, the Roberto Firmino Roll the Spice pick is statistically yeah. so far the best Roll the Spice Firmino pick. Firmino is doing really well. But you know, in terms of Arsenal's attack, I expect them fully to have a field day against Liverpool. I really do. Yeah, I mean, I think I'd probably back an Arsenal win. And again, this 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 comes back a little bit to me um, uh, and, and the dilemma I've got here for this Arsenal Liverpool game. So I own four assets, and I think that I will be playing Martinelli and Jesus this week because I do agree. I think Liverpool's attacking. Um, sorry, I feel like Liverpool's defensive assets don't look great. Um, Diaz, of course, started on the bench. He hasn't scored since game week four yeah. now, Diaz, and he did get an, an assist in that. Well, you did, and 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 Diaz is probably if I'm getting rid of a midfield asset this week, probably be the one that I get rid of. In terms of my other Liverpool asset, Trent, who was appalling against Brighton, I mean, truly dog water yeah. defensive performance. Um, I said about Ivan Tony being someone I'm considering for the bench. Um, I'm also considering Trent Alexander-Arnold for the bench. Well, it's funny because they always say, don't they, there are certain fancy football golden rules of things you don't do. Yeah. And the sage advice is always do not bench your most expensive players. But I think in your case, I probably would make the exception because Trent is so off the boil. I mean, he's not the only one on that Liverpool side as we've discussed. But for me... It's money that should be reinvested at this stage. I, I would reinvest it this week. I just don't like many of the defensive options. Well, that's it. And, and also, I can't gloat too much about you know what I was saying to you about you know not necessarily relying on Diaz for regular returns because my replacement for Diaz was, of course, Andy Robertson, who has also done yeah. absolutely solid all this season. <laughs> no, so, neither of them have been great. Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's astonishing because I started the season with three Liverpool assets and at the time of recording, I've got none. None. Zilch, yeah. absolutely none. And, and I, not particularly worried about that either. So Everton Man United, 
Uh, I don't think either of us have got attacking assets or defensive assets or any assets for this game. Uh, you obviously did have Nathan Patterson. Um, it's a strange one, really, because I think that if you were going really bold, you you might back again, or you might back getting a United asset in for this. I think if you got Marcus Rashford or Christian Eriksen in on this one, I'd be feeling quietly confident because I do expect, and usually I'm an eternal pessimist on Manchester United's things fixtures, performances, I expect us to go and maybe knock a couple of goals past the side. I do agree. I think there'll be a reaction. I thought Ericsson was really poor. Me too. City. The passing was... The passing dreadful. all across the pitch was bad. Oh. There was no link-up. But equally, I think Rashford really showed in that game against City that he's not a striker still. No. But it, it, again, if you were to put him out on the left and, and to get him to do a, a hardcore press, I think we actually, we, despite the fact that I've been a big critic of his in the past... I think we could have really done with starting Anthony Martial had he been fully fit. I know he may not have only been okay for only a small amount of minutes, but... Yeah, I don't know. I know that prior to last week, um, Malassia was a player that went up in price in, mm. in the United defence. There is a cautionary warning to be had there because... Um, obviously, of that injury to Rafa Varane. I think Varane was a player that most United fans were probably waiting to get injured, but now he finally is. I mean, they're looking Very like a bit of a, a less of an attractive um, option, aren't they? Defensively? defensively, certainly, yeah, completely. Everton, after saying that they're destined for the drop, which was a case of heart overhead, I'm <laughs> uh, beating in the last five. Yeah, I mean they're doing really well. I think that Amadou Onan is a big reason why that you know that they've been doing that. He's got a couple of assists during that time as well. Could be an option um, if you wanted a cheap, really cheap midfielder. Um, I think that he probably is a little too defensive still. Um, maybe it's just that he's he, he's he's a very good player. I think that he's probably been their best addition so far. It looks like the Benitez years are well, well Benitez year <laughs> is well and truly behind Everton I saw a fantastic interview with him this week where he was saying oh you know the whole time I was at Everton I was thinking I'm a red and I kept on making decisions <laughs> like a red and I thought to myself that's not the reason you were so shit Rafa it's yeah. because you just it well you had not... no financial support anyway precisely and on the subject of Rafa Benitez look how seamless this is <laughs> Forest Villa yeah. by the time that fixture rolls around on the Monday because it's the last fixture of the game week Forest might well have a new manager who could or could not be Rafa Benitez, because it's looking like he's the favourite to replace Steve Cooper. Yeah, I don't know. Do you think Forrest are going to get rid of Cooper? It was mentioned this last week Cooper. as well. I know they lost 4 0 to Leicester, and, and, and it doesn't look like they've. they've, they've the got whisperings on the grapevine, I think it was the Telegraph, and, and it might well have been the Athletic too, is that it's a case of when, not if now. Because, and, and you know, even if you disagree with it from the, you know, the, the side of the room where you could say, well, he's had to bed in a lot of players you know badly <laughs> and you know with the money that's been spent and whatnot it is it's a classic and um, their owner thing isn't it of just being enticed by the big name yeah um, completely i mean and that's what they've had with their transfer policy as well so i think it would be a shame for cooper yeah um, but, and he'll you know, get another job like that he'll just get a job like Boop. he should do he should get a premier league job um I, I, yeah i i i may maybe it will happen um by some quirk of fate i seem to follow quite a lot of forest fans on twitter well, I don't know how it's happened, but they were saying some very amusing things about that defeat against Leicester. Apparently, your mate, Jesse Lingard, was awful and has been awful since signing. I know, and I was thinking about getting him in at one point. Which is hilarious. I can't see Forrest arresting the slide against Villa. I know they've got that one win this season against Forrest. I know Villa aren't particularly inspirational themselves, and I'll be hoping for a Leon Bailey return, but... 
Yeah, I don't know. It, it, it doesn't have the makings of a thriller, this game, for me. But. No, I can. I, 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 I think that you're probably right. I think that it'll be um, a, a bit of an easy Villa win, um, uh, which uh, is a shame in terms of my prediction that Forrest will stay up. <laughs> And you gave me such pelters for that, by the way. You gave me such pelters. To be honest, I know it was prior to all those signings. I gave gave you pelters for saying that all three of those promoted sides would go down. That was the reason why I gave you pelters. And Fulham are looking pretty good. I said said, there's always one, and I thought it before, I said there's always one that goes and does better than you'd expect. And I got it wrong on which one it is. Um, Plan moving forward, you've already discussed a little bit about what you're going to do. You're thinking James for Paris. So straightforward this week. I mean, part of the reason I did the transfers that I, I did last week to, to get 0.4 mil in the bank exactly was provided that James didn't go up in price in the meantime just to do the straight swap from Perisic at 5.6 to James at 6. Yeah. And I know it's not like a priority, priority transfer, but it's still a transfer I'm, I'm quite keen to make this week. Um, I think Perisic, even though he's a player similar to James that has the high ceiling, plays as a winger, value for an attacking return... He just doesn't get the minutes and mm. he's always at risk of rotation. Agreed. And he was a wild card pick that I was always kind of earmarking to as a, as a make weight for the likes of Reese James or Trent, who <laughs> firmly off the watch list for the time being. But yeah, James is going to be back in from this week. Like it's 99% nailed on. I mean, I could have looked at doing something with Mitrovic. I think it would have been a bit silly and knee-jerky in the meantime. Depends on what they're saying on Friday, yeah. man. If they're saying on Friday that he's not going to play, you're really not going to get rid? Well, this is the thing. This is why I'm not, I haven't done the transfer yet. Yeah. Because if I was really that bothered about the price rise, I probably would have done it by now. The other potential, obviously, we've touched upon it, was downgrading Son to one of Madison or whatever, which I think would be the sensible choice. But uh, we'll see how that goes. I'll probably end up with egg on my face next time I see you. I think I'd go Son to Madison. Okay. But then that's the second week. Well, in what are you that, doing that, is, that is the second week in a row that I've, I've, yeah. I've suggested getting Son yeah. out. It might, so, be, it might be on the hat during next week. It might be the third week. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so for me, it's, it's a slightly strange one at the moment. As I said, I've got Emerson Royale who's suspended, who I, I probably am going to keep for the time being and just take whatever price fall happens with him. I imagine he'll go down to a five, which is fine. I'm not too worried about that. I've got my, my, my eyes squ- uh, firmly, squarely on uh, game week 12 at the moment because I've, I've got um, four assets who of course aren't going to play in Martinelli, Jesus, Cancelo and Haaland so whatever yeah. I do I, I am doing a little bit um, with that in mind to make sure that I, I've got the ability to be able to get one of them out so I've got a full playing 11 there, there. are going to be so many players listening to this mm. all 10 of our listeners that are in the same boat right? Yeah. because I think the majority of players have got like at least three or four of like Martinelli, Cancelo, Holland, and Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. Is what Jesus. I mean, for me, it's not Jesus, but it is De Bruyne. Yeah. But in order to have a playing team in that game week twelve, I'm looking at you know shit moving one of them on. Yeah. It might be Martinelli. It more likely is probably going to be Cancelo. I think that's really odd getting rid of Cancelo. I, I mean, I, I think Holly Shan's brilliant as mm. well, and I, I trust her uh, implicitly when it comes to fantasy stuff. Mm. I think getting rid of Cancelo is strange, especially when the, you know they've got such good fixtures and 13, 14, 15, and sixteen. Oh, he's going to Cancelo's going to be a must own going forward. It's so you just... get him out and get him back in. I mean, that's no, I mean, it's I... not ideal. I think I am going to end up keeping him, up, but I don't really want to bin off. De Bruyne either so my one I think that I'd probably end up getting rid of is, is Jesus and, and I think um, with, with, with that in mind what I, I may end up doing here is um, getting rid of 
players and, and essentially downgrading a little bit. And, and I may try and give myself space to be able to try and make two free transfers come game week 12. Mm-hmm. And if I can do that, I would like to get Harry Kane up front yeah. as a replacement for Jesus, uh, even though I don't feel entirely confident about having um, Ivan Tony for that game week 12 game against Chelsea. That's, that's, that's sort of partly where my worries lie mm-hmm. a little bit with Tony at the moment. Um, so I, I, but I, I, I've got... <laughs> It's, it's tough at the moment because I'm, I'm not feeling entirely confident with Liverpool either. So I've got the thing, do I transfer Alexander-Arnold this week? Well, it would be preferable to do that. Do I transfer Emerson Royal this week? Mm. Well, it would be preferable to do that as well. Although I would get a little bit more money from taking Alexander-Arnold out. The problem is that if I take either of those players out, I'm at complete loss yeah. for any defensive assets. So specifically for this week as well, who I think it would be worth their salt to get in in their stead uh, and I've got the slightly strange um, thing where I have got about two or three players which could play or could mm. be on the bench um, but I think the, the, the transfer that I will end up doing uh, and again subject to change because I am a little bit conflicted I think is Luis Diaz to Wilfred Zaha mm. um, and, and I think that that is with a, a mind on Zaha's fixtures going forward you know he'd be good for the game week great for game week 12 where yeah. he's got a good fixture um, and uh, you know maybe even potential captaincy shouts because I think you've got to think about captaincy come mm. come game week 12 as well uh, I think that would probably be the most sensible thing to do and then maybe roll the transfer next week and try and do something fancy but I mean technically right now I've actually got five players in my team that won't play because Royale ain't going to be able to play either no. so it's it, it, I'm a little concerned about that it's music to my ears as your mini league opponent to see you so conflicted you know all, all that was missing from that little segment was like a big old like pin board of string in front of you like, all the different <laughs> permutations but I think ultimately I am I would be more worried facing you with Zaha in your team than than Diaz in your team which yeah. is a pretty good indicator and also I think I, th- I think it is good to be thinking about it I think if you're not thinking about it this week and this is yeah. my advice to you it's looming you are actually you could yeah. be in a bit of trouble and it's a shame really because I, I had lined up the likes of bloody Patterson and whatnot like as as viable like options for moving forward in terms mm. of rotation and and with them being crocs is a real headache because no one can really get so, in as, as a sideways. So, can I just just and again, this is this might end up. You've getting if you were getting Perisic out for James this yep. week, uh, that means that you've got two transfers in two weeks. Mm-hmm. You've got Holland. Yep. You've got Cancelo. Yep. You've got De Bruyne. Yep. You've got Martinelli. Yep. You've also got Yasin Mosquera. Mm-hmm. And who else? What's your other bench player? Uh, I've got Pereira, Mosquera, and Patterson. And you got Patterson. So yeah. Patterson could play, but you've got five players there. Patterson, I don't think it's going to be back in time. Okay, so you've potentially got six players there, and you've got two weeks to make two free transfers. Yeah, might be another hit, you know. Really? You um, wouldn't think about getting any of those players out this week? Yeah, no. I, I just think there are more impactful moves to be had. I think I'm kind of resigned to the fact that I'm probably going to have to end up playing... Nine or ten in that week, really, which would be a shame. Interesting, but I'd rather have nine or ten players that are playing and have a team of players that I want going forward. I've been burnt in the past getting rid of of players that are long term keeps just to put forward a, I, a playing I, eleven in weeks like game week twelve. My my personal feelings on it, and I do think that is fair because I think there was a, a time last season where you took a bit of a hit on a game week, and I made a little bit of a rash decision, and you had a better team going forward. My personal feelings on it are that um, if you're thinking about it now, you should be able to get a decent team moving yeah. for, if, for game week 13 through 16. If, if you're listening... and you, if like somebody listening should but, not do what I'm doing, basically. Well, no, no. Well, <laughs> I just think if you're listening now and you're not considering game week 12 yet and you've got a lot of Arsenal and City yeah. assets, uh, think about 
exit strategies for them yeah. and working out a good team moving forward because for me that's what Harry Kane would be because mm-hmm. if I were to get Kane in for Jesus and downgrade Alexander-Arnold and I have actually already partly been thinking about this which is why I've got such a strong bench mm-hmm. I've got a strong bench because I've got players who I can bring in if you've got a strong bench basically think about getting your Arsenal City assets gone this week because I guarantee you will be able to craft a team that is strong enough moving forward who you can reintegrate players back in. Game week 12 is leaning. It'll be yeah. fascinating to see how people... Maybe I'm being too, maybe I'm being too conservative. Maybe I'm think, worrying too much. Yeah, I feel like you're overthinking it. It's, it's, <laughs> it's you know, one of the first like points in the season where people, like, barring the last-minute cancellations that we had, people have had time to plan for this and it'll be interesting to see if the, the overthinkers get mm. rewarded for their overthinking. Or not. Uh, in terms of transfers, yeah. it's that favourite time of the show for me. It's all the spice. Yeah, and mine is is spicy this week, I would say, but appears less spicy off the back of how brilliant a game he had against United last week. Against United? Yeah, I've gone for Jack Grealish as this week's role. Okay, that's interesting. I thought that we were we were going to um we were going to have the same role as Spice. You mean uh, after what ha- we th- I thought I was going to do last week, which was I thought we were, uh, well, Fabio Vieira, and who, <laughs> who didn't end up playing and yet still still somehow won the Twitter poll, by the way. I don't understand that at all. It's because the, the people of Twitter just like me more. <laughs> I can't believe that Fabio Vieira versus Patson Dacca. Mm-hmm. Vieira won, but at, at least over the overall points, Dacca did win. So I'll take some Vieira's going to score a hatchet this week. You watch. But no, Grealish, surprisingly enough, a player that I was contemplating starting the season with and glad I didn't in the end Mm. he's only owned by 1.2% of the game and he's dropped in price to 6.8 he had a fantastic game against against United he was gliding around out wide like in this balletic way he did yeah and his expected assist numbers are still pretty impressive I know they haven't translated to many points yet at all he did get that he hasn't got a single assist this season well he got a 10 pointer against Wolves and that came obviously from a goal and two bonus and also picked up a cheeky clean sheet but yeah I I don't know I just kind of fancy him against Southampton I really do I feel like there are going to be gaps that you can explore I have to say he's playing a lot better and I'm not usually a massive Jack Grealish fan Um, I I, I was slightly reserved on him simply on the basis that he doesn't seem to be translating into points however if you were to get him now you could be really getting ahead of the curve uh, I don't think he's very prolific. I think his his his, his numbers will be coming from the assists. Yeah. I don't think he, it, it's strange, really. So there are a couple of opportunities in that United game where he could have shot, yeah. and he played the extra pass. By his he own needs admission, to be more lethal. I remember he had an interview with the BBC last season where he said he he ought to be more greedy. He does need to be. Yeah. And um, I know that Pep, you know, from a City perspective, is always encouraging you know that, that final pass to Holland. But you know there are times when, like you say, he could be more greedy, which is maybe like a negative in his corner as a fancy asset. A bigger negative for me on the purely because of the bollock stipulations you've put in place for Roll the Spice going for <laughs> is the fact that he plays Liverpool obviously in game week eleven. Doesn't have a fixture in game. No, so, no, no, that's okay. That's okay. That's okay. That's fine. That that blank is not being taken into oh, account. Oh, fine. So, yeah. he, so, so he'll have his full five fixtures. Well, he's just changing because, the rules. He goes no, 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 no. Because I, because we, I've done that with the other players as well. So, like, um, there, I think there was a there was a couple of assets um, 
that had been picked. Uh, I think Luis Sinistera, for example, yeah. um, he had a blank, which I didn't count. Uh, Danny Welbeck had a blank, which I didn't count. I, what I am counting, though, uh, for Sinistera is, is essentially that he, he's done because he, is, he, has, got, he has got the red. and The, the yeah. suspended games still count because Leeds are still playing. But if Leeds weren't playing, then then I, then I wouldn't have taken into account the game. Because I think that that is outside of the realms of our... I wish you... Our, you know, I wish like, we'd actually committed the role of the Spice Rules to paper before like we just sort of went, oh, hey, this would be well, a good I, feature I, I, too. I, and then it's like, oh, you know, it's just sort of like, do this. And it's sort well, of do I, this. And I, I sort of kind of go on common sense. I'm not really that bothered for them, just pulling your leg. But... <laughs> <laughs> will you please, though, do me a favour and tell me who you've got in for your role of Spice? Yeah, I will. Um, and the reason why I thought we were going to go for the same one was because you started off about talking about how we'd come off the back of a really great game in the Manchester. And I thought you were you were moving forward, you're going to say who I'd say, because I've also got a player who had a great Manchester derby. Uh, but he had a great Manchester derby in a consolatory sense. I've gone for Anthony Martial oh, okay. as my role of Spice. But player. then this is one that you've been eyeing for a while. You were going to start the season with him right up until he got injured in pre-season. Yeah, and my rationale for that being that he had an excellent pre-season. And in every game that he seems to have played under Ten Hag, um, you know, he played 45 minutes um, against Liverpool uh, and got himself an assist. Um, he played 31 minutes against Manchester City and he got himself two goals. Those are the only two games he's played this season, mm. both against big teams. Both he's done very, very well. I think he is looking like a bit of a Ten Hag player. Ten Hag seems to like strikers like him who he can sort of kind of like rejuvenate their yeah. career a bit because Martial's career at United was definitely on the slide. Well, take a look at Seb Haller. Obviously, he, he came alive for Ajax at the time at yeah. Ten Hag's day you know, off the back of a relatively lacklustre spell at West Ham. So. Yeah, and he did, did good stuff with Brian Brock. Probably at Ajax as well, didn't he? I love Brian Bright. Football manager 2020 legend, by the way, for (laughs) Reading. Um, Martial, unsurprisingly, he's just come back from injury, is owned by 0.8% of the game. Um, For me, I think, um, having played that half an hour against City, I I would be surprised if he isn't ready and fit enough Mm. to start against Everton. He's got a very good record against Everton. It must be, it's worth pointing out as well. So it sort of plays into that. Uh, I know that you have four fixtures going on after that. Newcastle, Tottenham, Chelsea, West Ham, which aren't brilliant, but I I, I think that he could be... From a real-world point of view, United are crying out for a striker. Mm Because they've got an increasingly sullen Cristiano on the bench. It's looking like he's going to be gone come January. So, yeah, I mean, Martial can really make that spot his own going forward. And is is a spicy pick, but also quite a savvy pick. Well, I'm hoping so. He may not start against Everton, but I I think he'll start starting over at least in the next five games or so. To those of you at home, listen, if you fancy giving all of your Older Spice votes, as usual, to me, you can (laughs) do so by logging on to twitter.com and going to at Drunken Transfer. We're going to have the poll up sometime in the week. And yeah, vote in that. Vote for who you think is the best pick and also the spiciest pick. Yeah, and you know what? If you've got any of your own, please... Tweet us back as well and say who you think is a good differential. Maybe someone that you put in your team. Maybe someone that you'd like to put in your team. And we'll the retweet the best ones to our thirty odd followers. <laughs> so, uh, but no, thank you, Finn. It's been it's been a relative pleasure. Do you want to hear these Roll the Spice points before we finish? Not really, no, but I'm sure you're going to tell me anyway. Is that because you feel like it's not gone well? Uh, yeah, you're spot on. Yeah. <laughs> it's not gone well. No, oh, well, look, but in my defence, as usual, it's yeah. because you have been the architect of the format, the <laughs> rules, you've you <laughs> no, compiled no, 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 the no, points. No, no, no. I'm not sorry, accusing you. Sorry, of- sorry, Anthony Gordon hasn't got your contribution. Pablo Fornells hasn't. Fabio Vieira hasn't. You know, you haven't had a good one since Sinistera, mate. Almiron, 15 points. Firmino, 22 points, 12 points. 
When are you going to put your money where your mouth is and transfer them into your own team? Yeah, it's a point, actually. I, I was a bit disappointed I haven't put Aaron Ryan. I transferred Isak in, mate. He got me a nine-pointer and a captain did. Yeah, um, he's, currently, uh, it's, gone. he's already on the scrap heap. It's Jacob 65, Finn 122. <laughs> That's currently I think on that particularly dour note, <laughs> it started off as a sad one. It's going to end as a sad one for me. Um, Finn, right up until you told me that, I was about to say I've really enjoyed myself. <laughs> I've um, had a lovely time. It's, yeah, it's been thoroughly okay. Thank you for your uh, amaretto and coke. It's Thank you for my amaretto. Only because I've mixed it with Heineken and it's just, mm. it's um, it's doing funny old things to me. And also, I need a wee. Oh. Would you like to come over to mine for a bit of pasta? I'd love to come over to yours. And would you like to, to me to whack Reading versus Norwich on, on the telly, second v third in the championship? Not particularly. <laughs> <laughs> well, tough, if you want pasta, you're also getting some championship football. So. Cheers, Jake. Cheers, Finn. It's been all right. And uh, follow us on Twitter at Drunken Transfer. We'll be back for game week 11. 12. 11. 11. Bye. See you later.